Because We Make, the podcast about making, creativity, and why we do what we do as makers and creatives. I'm your host, Vincent Ferrari, and joining me as always is my co-host and good friend, Ethan Carter. Hi, bud. Hey, bud. How's it going, man? It's going wonderfully. It's going wonderfully. And all right, so let's give the backstory before anything weird. So you, Yeah, I know. I feel like I usually say, well, it's Monday night, so. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's not Monday <laughs> night. It's Tuesday night because I'm an idiot. <laughs> Um, I had plans with a friend of mine on Saturday, and the plans didn't quite happen. So we're like, you know, rather than be those kind of people that when your plans get scuttled, you just go, ah, we'll get together at some point. Um, We decided, let's make the plans right away. So we made plans for last night. And as I'm laying in bed Sunday night putting notes together for the show, my wife goes, so how are you hanging out with your friend and doing the podcast on the same night. <laughs> and I just went, oh, shit. And I was in the middle of a conversation with our guest, who I'll introduce in a second. And I'm like, oh, my God, I just screwed up so bad. Oh, no, oh, no, oh, no, oh, no. And I started panicking. But well, and the we, best part is we had a guest, too, because usually, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Right. The first week in weeks where we've had a guest, and I screwed up. I screwed <laughs> up royally. Um, but our guest was very accommodating, and of course, Ethan was very accommodating of my stupidity. So <laughs> we're here, and we're it's here. Tuesday night, which feels really, really odd because I feel like I, I don't know, it just, there's like a weekday yesterday, and now tomorrow is drop day, which means I have to edit it in the morning after my run. It's a whole thing. But you know what? We're going to make it work, and we're going to make it work because of the generosity and kindness of our guest. Now, this guest is very important. He's been on once before. This is the first repeat guest. See, it's a lot of firsts with this guy, but he's our first repeat guest. And my um, first time meeting him. So Yeah, he was he was literally guest number one, the was one that, and only. Oh, I didn't realize that. Yeah, he was. He was the first oh. episode. Dave Swiduck. <laughs> Hi. Hey. hey, guys. You you were... I've always I've always said this, and this is nothing new. I've always said you were the inspiration for the podcast, but you were also the very first guest on episode one. Yeah, I was your testing ground. Basically, you were the one I figured it out with, and now we don't even do the same format anymore. No. It's so funny. Dude, it has been such a blast watching what you have built with the show and bringing Ethan in. I mean, technically, I'm not the first repeat guest. I mean... Let's be yeah, honest. That's true, right? <laughs> oh, good point. Good you, point. You, you well, Ethan's Ethan not in. come on as a guest. Yeah, he's permanently. <laughs> it'd be, it'd be he's a permanent weird. guest. Yeah, like next week you'll be like, actually, we've got a special guest this week. <laughs> <laughs> next week but, it'll be co-host Dave Swiduck with special guest Ethan Carter. <laughs> but no, I am, I am legit just so pumped every time. Just when I see what you have done, you know, just looking at where you started and, and kind of. I didn't. I don't claim any hand in what you've built, but you like to give me credit for inspiring you, and I'm I'm grateful for that. And it is just so thrilling to see what you've built with this, and knowing I helped at least tickle an idea to let you get off the ground and running is just makes everything worth it. Well, it was it was talking talking to you, and you know I've told this story, but for those of you that are relatively new to the show, because we have picked up quite a few listeners in the last couple of weeks. Um, I was when I used to do podcasts, they were always like news of the day type podcasts. So doing a podcast about something that wasn't news of the day, that wasn't political, and that didn't involve immense amounts of profanity was such a change of pace for me. And it was just like, I don't know if I could even do this. And then I did the show with you and Ant. I'm like, 
you know what? If you can be an adult for an hour a week, you might have something here. <laughs> so, um, you know, there have been weeks where it's been an hour and 50 minutes. There have been weeks where it's been a four-hour conversation with only two hours of it recording. I mean, you just never know what's going to happen with, uh, with Because We Make. Yeah. No, so I'm, Dave, I'm why don't you, honored to be here, truly, man. Uh, it's oh. it's always an honor. To, it's always an honor to talk to you. And we, I've had the privilege of being on your show. I've had the privilege of being on your other show, Digital Soup. Um, yeah. Why don't you give the new people, since mm. there are new people, um, a little bit of short bio on who you are and what you do and what you're yeah. all about? Um, short bio. Um, I'm a photographer. I'm a musician. I've been drumming since I was like seven years old. Um, still playing in bands and stuff today. I write, I do all kinds of stuff, but I also do um, the Digital Soup podcast, which is a weekly, like, kind of geek culture, just hangout fun podcast with two of my best friends. Um, we've been doing that for about three years, going on four years now, I think. And um, that spun off because I started doing these interviews for that show, and they just didn't quite fit with our format of the geek culture. So I spun that off into my own show, which is Adventures in Creativity, uh, or AIC Pod. And um, I do that weekly, um, kind of a, a balance of usually four, maybe five solo episodes that are a little shorter. And then I do uh, try and do one guest interview about once a month, roughly, once every five episodes, somewhere in there. So that's yeah. kind of in a nutshell. I really you like have... that balance, by the way. I, I was thinking about it today, and, and as we were talking about before we started hitting record, I hadn't listened to your podcast yeah. before I met Vincent, and so I've been catching oh, up on it. You. And I really like the rhythm of that, <laughs> of kind of the the, the shorter and then yep. a longer one. I, I, I like that. It keeps it fresh for some reason. Well, and I just I got to a point where I knew I wanted to do this. I knew that with everything else I'm doing, and I work, I mean, I, I work a day job. I'm not a full-time creative or nothing. Um and I, I have two young kids and, and you know, a wife, and I'm, I'm super busy. And so with everything, it's like I knew I wanted to do this weekly. I knew I could not schedule mm -hmm. a different guest every week. It's just not sustainable with my schedule. And I right. thought, you know, I don't want to just ramble. I could go on and just ramble for an hour, but who wants to listen to that? So I thought, let me go in on these solo episodes and just do a quick kind of in and out 15 minutes or so, maybe 20 tops quick in and out solo episodes and then we'll spend a little longer with the guests as long as those conversations go yeah my my realization um when we had keith when i had keith decent on he said um toward the end i think it was in the conversation after the episode actually he and i were talking and he goes hey it's great that you have a guest at that point i had a four episode lead and he goes but i'm just going to give you a piece of advice hmm. don't lose that lead because once oh. it's gone You'll never, never ever build it up again. Yep. And I'm like, nah, dude, I got this. I got episodes <laughs> for the next month. I'm gonna. I got stuff scheduled, and then all of a sudden, it just dried up. It goes. Like, yeah. I went from being able to get basically whoever I wanted to being able to get nobody. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I don't know how the hell I'm gonna sustain a podcast like this. So I had to like think real quick. So you haven't hit that twenty yet. So, no, right? and that's and that's you know. I've told people this, right? And if you if you're not in the podcasting industry, you may not know this, but the average length of a podcast is 20 episodes. Yeah. And usually tw after 20 people kind of give up if they're not producing huge numbers because they don't feel like they're seeing the return on the effort. Right. 
And that slog is like the first, you know, when your first milestone on Instagram is 100, everybody, you know, 100 is yeah. a good one. But really, your first milestone is 500. Mm-hmm. Oh, shoot. That, that's, the, <laughs> that's the one that when you hit it, that's the one that when you hit it, you go, okay, I am legitimately on Instagram now. Yeah. Right. You know, and that, that's like a, that's a threshold. It's like on, on YouTube, when you hit your first 100K. Yeah, that's your like. Okay, this is like happening now. Right. Well, on in podcasting, if you get beyond episode twenty, you're probably going to keep going, because you're not you're not talking to anyone for the first twenty episodes of your podcast. Right. And I was very frustrated with our with the podcast's growth until we had Jason on, and when Jason said that you know he was doing his show, right, and he his first couple of months. You know, first couple of years, actually, I think he said, right? Like, the first year and a half, he was pulling down 200 listeners daily. Yeah, he was like and 200 like, to 300 range for a long time. And yeah. I was like, wow, you know, if he can if he can grow what he did out of 200 listeners, there's no reason we can't. Right. Know? And right. so now I know that, yeah, it's probably going to be a slog. And I figure right now we're right about, by the way, just a little bit of a brag. We are where Jason was after a couple of months. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we're right there, which, I mean, I don't know if we're ever going to hit the trajectory he does. I mean, he's huge, but I am perfectly happy giving it my best attempt at doing it. So, yeah. Well, I think it's, again, it's it's one of those things that you can't get too hung up on it. I mean, yes, that is a sign that you're growing and all those things, right? Mm-hmm. But as we've said before, you can't get too hung up on it because, one, it's out of your control. And then, two, it's, you know, you... It, there's someone that has less than you that's stru- that's working their butt off. Totally, just as so, hard. And I think so you should be tangentially sometimes. aware of your right. stats, but not focused on them. Exactly. Right. Like they it, can't define you. It's right. important to to look and see your growth, but you don't live and die by your numbers. You right. Know? We I we've we were just talking about. I think it was last week where we was we were so happy with how engaged the people right. that listen to this podcast yep. are. I'll take that over thousands of listeners. Absolutely. Because, sure. Right? I mean, I, you guys, you have it too. I mean, Dave, your your podcasts get a lot of engagement, and Digital yeah. Soup in particular, you have super fans of the show. <laughs> yeah, our super friends. Super <laughs> friends. I love Which that. Is, it's amazing. Like, you have, like, you have people whose names I know that I, I don't know them from Adam, but right. <laughs> haha, I can do that <laughs> on purpose. you did there. <laughs> I accidentally did that but yeah it's you no, know someone, pod- so, someone told me a, a few weeks ago they're like uh it just seems like you're friends with everyone on instagram and yeah. again i have a lot i mean relatively speaking I'm, I'm very happy with my following and everything like that but I, I don't have the 10k swipe up mark or anything like that i'm nowhere right. near that and i'm smaller but that right there was the biggest compliment that to me matters way more than the swipe up right is oh, and they know it, you Exactly. People yeah. and and that's what and if you think about it, that's what why I'm in it. I'm not in it for the swipe up. I'm in it for the community and and right. learning and and working with each other and being friends with and finding friends and like minded people. So yeah. it's we are we are we've talked about it a lot. But you know when you sit when you work in your workshop most of the time or you do your thing in your studio, it is very insular. So being able to you don't have a lot of opportunities to find kindred spirits yeah, when right. you're a maker or a creative. I mean, Dave, you you pretty much are one of those guys that you'll go out at 2 o'clock in the morning with your camera and take pictures, and it's just <laughs> you as far as I know. I mean, Definitely. I don't ever see you with anybody else. 
Nope, I've, I'm rarely, rarely do I ever shoot with anyone else. Occasionally, my kids, if, if I can convince them to come for a walk with me or something, they like doing that. But as far as other local photographers, I know a bunch of local photographers, and every now and then we'll get together. But, I mean, we're talking once every couple of years. I'm very oh, wow. much, when it comes to my shooting, I'm very much one of those, if I'm shooting in nature, I'm just out in nature hiking around and letting myself recharge and enjoying it if i'm doing right. some other project i've got a goal in mind i don't need someone else there to worry about because i get into this space when you're with someone my friend brian manier talks about it a little bit too when he's shooting with people you're kind of maybe it's that midwestern thing but you're always kind of worried like okay are, are you having fun are you right are you bored yeah. yeah yeah and so you get out of your own creativity and your own mindset of what you're looking to get because you're just worried that you know hoping that they're having a good time that's so true i i totally feel that with a lot of things that makes a lot of sense yeah i mean i was doing when i used to do fo- i did a lot of photo walks with the new york yeah. city different New York City groups and on Flickr way back when, as your uh, prior guest said, way back when Flickr had a white background. <laughs> yeah, and right. Which, that, by the way, that made me laugh really hard because that's when I was really <laughs> happy on Flickr too. But we used to go on photo walks all the time yeah. and it was like, you know, you always want to make sure that, you know, the last gazelle is following along with the rest of the gazelles so right. that the lion doesn't get them. <laughs> and it's like, are, are you okay? You're having fun? Like, you like what we're doing? Are you, do you want to go somewhere else? And it's like, yeah. that's not... It's or, distracting. How do you, and how do you focus on the creativity when you're distracted? Well, like that, you know? it's exactly it. And when you think about it, think about what you guys do when you're making in your shops. Now, with photography, it's, it's amazing when you can get together with other photographers. Maybe you're just out walking around shooting, and it's more about the conversation about the you know kind of learning from each other and like seeing what they're noticing and whatever mm-hmm. you know that kind of aspect of it think about it if you went down to your shop or you went down to your local place and you had 45 stations all set up the exact same way and you were all going to create together it, it, but try and come up with something unique that's a nightmare people don't do that right i mean it's it's right. just not how it works but photography yeah these these people that they have to shoot in groups it's not to knock them. It, there's great value in that, but when you want to get creative and you want to exercise your vision on what you're trying to shoot, you almost have to create. I don't care if you're a maker, if you're a photographer or a guitar player or a writer, you know, you don't get together in a group and, and write stories normally. You right. know, you, you, you have to be able to get your own voice into your work, and you can't do that with all the other voice around you. And and that's something that I noticed when we would go on photo walks. One of the things that would always, always, always happen is like, I'm in the mood to shoot. You're in the mood to talk about shooting. And leave me alone. Let <laughs> right. me shoot. Let me shoot till I'm bored shooting. Then we'll <laughs> yeah. talk. Well, that's why I think things like they're popping up all over more and more. Uh, these cameras and beers events. Mm-hmm. Things like that are immensely popular. And they're fantastic. Um, because they're not about the shooting. It's about, hey, everyone bring your favorite cameras or whatever you want to do, and maybe you share some prints or whatever it is. It's just a chance for everyone to kind of get together and talk shop, but it's not about shooting. Yeah. I I find that photography groups in general tend to skew more towards the talking about the shooting than the shooting. Absolutely. And I would... I. I almost wish it was the other way around. Like, I don't mind. I don't want to be antisocial. Like, but the reason I don't do photo walks anymore or join up on groups like that anymore is just because it's like you. there's the balance for what I would prefer to do, which is take photos, is wrong. 
it's much more on the let's discuss photography hey have you seen this camera and uh, yeah. that stuff's cool but i want to do that like when i'm done with shooting like right. i want that time and a place, after sir. yep well, so. and it, it gets back to why are you getting together? What's your intent? And that's where if your goal is to get together with a group and learn something, that's why they have workshops. Right. Mm-hmm. You, you can pay money to go learn from an instructor in a small group setting where they're going to teach you something specific if they're a good instructor, and you're going to go learn a bunch of skills. That's very different. you know. And, th- and there's nothing uh, wrong with getting together, but like you said, it, the, the intent will never be to create artwork while you're in a photo walk yeah it's it's very much just talking shop and if you happen to see something cool awesome but then you got 40 people right there <laughs> shooting the same, same thing get the back right. of a lot of heads right. <laughs> exactly. yeah so, i wonder i wonder how many great shots actually come out of any photo walk i bet very few but i bet some really good techniques that are applied yeah. later do right that's I the did, key yeah i did one at um with Flickr. um i did one in central park and it was fun. It was a lot of fun. But I found myself like, all right, everybody's over there. Like, I found myself kind of wandering away from the mm-hmm. group, like, more than I found myself enjoying being with the group. You know what I don't know. Maybe is? I'm just – what's that? You know what that is? It's, it's when you get into a group and you're trying to create something, the element of competition, you mm-hmm. cannot help it. It comes in. And you're automatically on a quest to find that one shot that no one else got. You know, that you can review when you review them all later. You're like, look what you missed. Yeah. (laughs) I've had some fun. I've done over the years, like the Kelby photo walks and stuff that spring up every year. Um, The worldwide photo walk where everyone across the world, I mean, there's photo walks happening everywhere in the world on that same day. They're a lot of fun. But there's some amazing work that comes out of that. But by and large, it's just because. You know, someone did what, exactly what you said. They kind of snuck away from the group. They saw something and let the group right. do their thing, and they focused on their art. So, mm. so I've only done one photo walk in my entire life, and so I, I grew up in Rochester, New York, which is the home of George Eastman and you know Kodak and all of that. Yeah, so there's a, a pretty heritage. big what a little heritage there. Yeah, for sure, and I love it. <laughs> I mean, it's it's a very cool, very cool aspect of Rochester for sure. And so there's a lot of a uh, lot of photography, you know, culture there for sure. Um, And so this was back in, I think I was uh, between freshman and sophomore year of high school. And I, again, this is where the making kind of came into it is I just decided I wanted to learn how to make, uh, you know, um, uh, shoot film and then, um, you know, do my own prints, right? Dark room and all of that, uh, black and white. And so I took a class and we did it. And so we did went on a photo walk on uh, Georgie's at the Georgie's in house, which is now a museum um, and also gallery. And it's awesome. It's it's very cool. If anyone if you're ever in Rochester, New York, you got to go there. It's very, very cool. But anyways, so we did this photo walk. And it's, it's funny that you guys are I just kind of sparked a memory is that there's one person on that walk that kind of walked away. And that person had uh took a picture that ended up in the kind of annual Rochester calendar, the official Rochester <laughs> calendar the next year. And all of, uh, the rest of us had the exact same pictures, you know? So it's oh. the way it goes, oh, man. So since we're talking about working as a group, one of the things that Ethan actually put in the notes, which I really liked is um, the topic of dream collaborations. Like if you could work with somebody, mm-hmm. who would you want to work with? 
And that's a really good one. That's a really, really good one. Well, I think it's interesting, too, because, again, collaborations are different than people that you that inspire. I mean, it can be it can be the same person, but it's not always the people that inspire you the most or that you most want to hang out with. You know, it's it's different than that. It's it's what would you at least that the way I think about it is who would I work with that I would enjoy that process, but also get something out of it. Right. Yep. Yep. So. I can I can go because I I actually gave it a lot of thought and I kept coming back to the same person every time, so if if you guys are okay with it, I'll go first. Yeah, go for it, man. Um, I would collaborate with Jason Stapleton. I would love to do an a podcast with Jason, like a regular podcast with Jason, where I don't even know what we would talk about. But I just love he'll come out with something and he did it on our show like four times. And we'll be you'll you'll talk to him or you'll hear him talking and out of nowhere <clears throat> will just come this nugget. Yep. And you're just like, whoa, give me that. <laughs> and <laughs> if you, I feel like if I could have him talk to me for an hour on a regular basis, I would just be a better person because I would keep getting these nuggets out of somebody who I think is borderline genius. Right. Uh, and I, I just want to say something, not talk to you, talk with you, because I think that's an important thing because yeah. I, what, and I, I agree, I think that would be an awesome collaboration between you guys, because I, I saw it firsthand sitting in that, in that episode, the, the back and forth, and I think he, you guys can build off each other really, really well, and he, yeah. he p- keeps you in check. You know, but then, mm-hmm. but then that sparks that that kind of pushback and challenge on you is sparks a new idea for yourself. And yep. I, I saw that, and I think I I agree. I think that'd be awesome. I I would just love to just be able to just pick his brain because I know his I know his story pretty well, <clears throat> and I know he's working on a few things right now. And one of them he mentioned on the podcast is a book. And the idea that he's going to do a book, like, I almost feel like we have to have him on again mm-hmm. when his book comes out, just so we can talk about his book with him. Well, because his, be story is am- guess, but... his story is amazing. Yeah. His story is amazing. And it's just, he's one of those guys that I could, I feel like if I had a year to talk to him, I would still have stuff to learn after that year. Like, that's right. the kind of person I would want to collaborate with. As far as making or whatever... I my my interest in what I make and what I do come and go so regularly mm-hmm. that I I don't even I can't even think of I mean there are makers I'd like to work with but none that immediately go oh you got to work with this guy you know but right. as far as like doing a podcast oh if I could do like a one year run once a week with Jason oh that would just be <laughs> the best thing ever yeah let me ask you something and this is for both of you guys. When it comes to the maker side, this thought just occurred to me. Is there someone that is not in your field, based on what you just said, Vinny, about, you know, there's not too many people doing the same thing you do that you'd want to collaborate with. How much value would there be in finding someone who does something completely different that you can take what you do and they can take this completely different thing and you can mash it up together to make something new? Yeah, I mean, I think that's, uh, to me, that's the best kind of collaboration is when you're both bringing something that the other person doesn't have to offer, right? Or doesn't have experience with. I I totally agree with you on that. I I would worry. 
Yeah, I worry because it's like if I'm doing woodworking, almost everyone I know that's a woodworker is a better woodworker than me. <laughs> so it's like, well, you know, it would be fun to learn from them, but that's not a collaboration. That's no. that's right. education. That's a one-sided. That's yeah. a mentorship, basically. Right, yeah. right. So, so it, I, yeah, a good it's, one. It's an interesting thought. Who, uh, Ethan, for you, who do you have? This? I mean, this well, is your question. Yeah. I know it's my question. I probably should have thought about my answer a little bit more than I did. But um, no, no. I th- but the reason I I thought of it <clears throat> was because I was thinking about it, and I, there's people that I, I idolize and think are I, I'm just fascinated by how their brain works, and I've said it before. Um, and so I'll I'll keep it to or at least at the first round. Who you know the kind of big names that people would know, right? Because there's other people I'd love to collaborate with. Um, but in the in the vein of this c- question, the people I idolize like are you know are no-brainers like Ben Ueda. like I, I just I'm fascinated with what, by the way he thinks and everything like that I think it would be a horrible collaboration <laughs> be, for a couple reasons one one because I'd just be like I my brain doesn't work with him right so that's why I'd be interested in kind of so there's people that I would love to like hang out with and talk shop with and kind of brainstorm and just kind of see how their their brain thinks that's not a collaboration though again that's a one, more of a one-sided thing so the the two big names and i don't think any of these are gonna this is gonna be um a surprise to anyone since i talk about them almost every episode but <laughs> i know who one of them is yeah so but so one would be obviously david Chudo. and the re but here's the reason why is one he's got i'm not a uh like a I mean, I'm not a woodworker, right? I, I do woodworking, but I'm not a woodworker, right? And I think he's got a really strong background on that, and he's got much more skills. So he would bring he could teach me a lot, and he'd bring a lot more technique and stuff than I could uh, that I would bring. Um, but what I lo- but the thing I like about him the most is just his excitement. And what I'd love to collaborate with him on would be like. He talks about it a lot. He loves going to like antique stores or whatever, finding something and either replicating it or taking it and giving it another purpose. And that's one of my favorite things to do. I haven't done it much actually on any of my social medias, but that before I started posting on Instagram and stuff like that, that was kind of a lot of my making was finding an antique and restoring it or actually not restoring it, but it would be turning it into something else. So I, and this is a bad example. The only one I can think of is I've got an old, really old, um, Fire extinguisher. And if you guys have, have you ever seen the kind of copper fire extinguishers? Yep. Antique yeah, ones. Uh, the ones that you pump, the one that have the pump that you pump. Yeah. Like, yeah. 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 But so Tyson really Tube restored one once. That's the only way I ever saw one. Yeah. And they're beautiful. I mean, they're beautiful pieces at, mm-hmm. in, in their own right. So I had a one bedroom uh, condo um, and not a lot of space. And so everything needed to be kind of low profile. So I took one of those. I, uh, you know, polished it up enough, but left enough patina. And then, um, and made it into a really small side table. Like, that kind of stuff is really, really... Like, I love that kind of stuff, and I think we could collaborate on those types of things really, really well. I think we both come at things kind of in a u- unique way. So I'd love to collaborate with him, obviously, and he's my idol, so obviously. Um, <laughs> and the other person, too, is is uh, Johnny, right? Uh, Johnny Lambert of Johnny Builds. Um, and the reason why is I just think it would be a lot of fun, right? I mean, I just, out of all the all the kind of big name makers and stuff like that, I think he's a great personality and and he comes up with different things and unique things and I feel like me bringing like, I guess I think if I came at it with a leather accent kind of thing and he came at it with 
you know, his wood, uh, metal, and kind of uh, resin type angle and we can kind of could, if we could figure out some way to combine that i think that'd be a really cool collaboration because he hasn't done much with leather and stuff like that so it's just one that i think would be really fun and um and i would actually bring something to the, t- to the table does cool. that make sense yeah yeah i, I kind of had a feel we haven't mentioned johnny in like weeks so i know it used like, to be every episode but it was basically a running thing it was johnny builds and coffee tables <laughs> exactly, on every episode. Right. <laughs> um dave who would who would uh who would your collab be man I've, I've been thinking about this since you guys gave me this question just before we started recording and it's tough because i do so many different things i'm, I'm struggling to find just one so i'm gonna i'm gonna rapid fire three people for you Okay. Um, the first one is is more music oriented, but it all kind of ties back to both photography and um, one of them you'll know, obviously podcasting wise as well. But if I if I relate it, Dave Grohl from the Foo Fighters <laughs> okay. would be one that I would absolutely love to just spend time working with. Not only from the musician standpoint, but just the straight creativity side of it, creating some kind of wild photo. Um, story, some kind of something cool with some amazing music or, or some kind of project I think would be just amazing. The guy is a monster. He's one of my heroes as well. Um, I can't have two drummers collaborating on something, well, by the way. Well, he's a guitar just... player now. He, I mean, oh, okay. He Fair plays enough. drums also, but he does everything. You know, <laughs> so he's just a, he's a monster. I'd love to. He was I, my idol back in the nineties when, yeah. he, like I I remember because I played drums growing up as well, yeah. and I just remember telling one of my friends I was like, if I could just take drum lessons from him, <laughs> and then... he will tell you he is the worst person. To oh learn. yeah, he'll say that for sure. Yeah. yeah, his his but his whole approach, like just from the creative standpoint. I mean, his one quote that I absolutely love, and I will bleep myself so you don't have to do it, Vinny. But Thank it's talking you. about guilty pleasures. And he's like, man, F guilty pleasures. If you like something, like it. If you want to do it, follow your gut. If you want to create that thing, don't feel bad about it. Just create it, you know? And he's got that mindset. Like, you know, he's totally into They brought him up on stage, you know, uh, Rick Roll, the, the whole Rick Astley, never going to give you up, that whole thing. <laughs> he, they, they love that song so much. They brought him on stage on tour with them many times to perform that song live <laughs> and, and basically Rick Roll the audience, and they love it. I mean, they're just into that. They're, they're not afraid to just love whatever they love. So he's one. Um, filmmaker, uh, not filmmaker, cinematographer Roger Deakins. Now, I don't know if you guys know who that is, but you'll know his movies. He's the, he's the cinematographer that worked on, on films like Oh Brother, Where Art Thou, Fargo, No Country for Old Men, Sicario, Blade Runner 2049, and the brand new 1917 that's coming. Unbelievable, yeah. Yeah, he's a master cinematographer. His stuff is just amazing to look at. And from the photography side, I have no interest in making films. But as a <laughs> photographer, I would love to work with him, collaborate with him, and you know, kind of in that vein of like what you were saying, be able to learn a lot. I'm not sure how much I could bring to the table to someone like that. I mean, this guy's a legend. But it'd definitely be one that I would love to try to work with and, and come up with some kind of cool creation to see because my photography work in the last six months to a year has really taken a very large kind of cinematic shift to things so um it's definitely in that style and something i'd love to do now Vinny, you're gonna laugh at this one and you're gonna see it coming a mile away but from the podcasting side it'd be my man kevin smith Oh, God. I would love to, (laughs) just like you would love to do a podcast with Kevin Smith, I would love to do a show with him where he's not talking about silly nonsense and and, uh, 
superhero stuff. I, I would love to be able to do a show with him on a regular basis where it is talking about his storytelling, his creative process, how he goes about actually writing stuff, like the nitty gritty behind the scenes kind of stuff, not just the, you know, fun comedy stuff that, that he's known for. But from the creative standpoint, I would love to learn about storytelling from him because he is one of my heroes from the film film standpoint. But I think it's something that I could bring with the photography because let's face it, as awesome as Kevin Smith is, he is not known for beautiful filmmaking. (laughs) You know what I mean? No. And in fact, he's literally known for the opposite, which is why... the story of Clerks, yeah. to me, is one of the greatest stories oh, in the history so of filmmaking. <laughs> where he, they filmed all the scenes and they were all, they couldn't color match them because they didn't have the money <laughs> to get equipment to color match. So he said, "Screw it, we're just doing it in black and white." It just became iconic that that movie was done in black and yeah. white, and it, it worked. I don't, so I don't think it would have well. worked if it hadn't been in black and white. No, I don't know exactly why, but it wouldn't uh, have. You know, it's. I think we look at it knowing how great that movie is, and mm-hmm. it's probably. I mean, I have the tenth anniversary edition sitting yeah. on my rack of DVDs and the big box with the behind the scenes movie and all yeah, that. I yeah. love that movie. It's one of my favorite yeah. movies of all time. I think we only look at it and go, God, it wouldn't have worked in color because it was black and white. Yeah, that's yeah. true. Yeah. You know, like we know the end result, but if we had been asked going in, should this be black and white or color, you would have been like, it's got to be color. Well, right. yeah. I mean, but the but, thing yeah. is, but, but I guess, do you think though, like, had we only seen it in color, would we have had the same, would we have, would it I don't have think the same so. cult following? I don't I, think so. There's some yeah. scenes where I don't think they would have worked in color. No, right. and, and his storytelling at that time, I think it was a perfect fit because when you look at Clerks 2, which is in color, he, he's he's learned and he's evolved. And he's able That's to true, yeah. work with that, where Clerks 2 works just fine in color. I still kind of wish he would have gone and shot it black and white just because, but I mm-hmm. get why they did in color. But I think that first one, it needs to be black and white. So you are focused on nothing more Let's. There's right. no visuals in that movie. It's it's literally yeah. steady cam shots of people at counters for the most part. There's mm-hmm. no need for it to be in color. Focus on the dialogue. Yeah. But that's why with him, the the one reason is. I mean, I get picked on a lot on on Digital Soup because I'm a huge <laughs> Kevin Smith fan, and uh, a lot of my friends pick on me because they don't really take him seriously as a filmmaker. But when you look at the element of storytelling. Mm-hmm. He is a master. I don't care if you're just listening to him talk and tell stories on his podcast or in his live routine stuff he does, or if it's his films or whatever it else. The guy knows storytelling, and right. that's something I would love to to work on him, work on with him, and be able. This is like this dream scenario where you you come up with some kind of massive for me as a photographer, um, photo essay, photo series that's like you know, this big, thick coffee table style book with his story, you know? So basically I contribute the visuals. He contributes a story where we work together and basically do a movie in still image form. I think it would be amazing. I, I think we need to somehow figure out a way to pitch this. We need to crowdfund this. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> this is our, uh, Ethan, this yeah. is our exit strategy. Yes, yeah, okay. This is our exit strategy. We're going to get, we're going to get Dave to make his movie and his, and his book. And we're just gonna no, go. No, no movies. I'm I'm staying in still images. I'm yeah, gonna learn the say. techniques. That's what they all say. They, they <laughs> all say it right up until somebody waves a few dollar bills around. And it's like I'll shoot whatever you well, want. You that's can. true. But you know, our, our good friend Ant, 
He knows about the video side, and I've dabbled in it. I, I did a YouTube channel daily for a vlog, and it was crap. But, <laughs> I mean, it, from, a, from a visual standpoint, the content was actually not too bad. But visually, I, don't, I, I learned a lot on the fly. Uh, there's so much, just so, so much gear. That's the problem. I don't want to yeah. deal with all of the gear and the audio. I, it's too much. Give editing me is editing video is just it's, time consuming. And it's tedious to me. Oh, I love. Me. The, I say that, but I'll spend hours editing photos and get doing the same techniques to get the color grading and stuff that I do. Mm-hmm. But it's just different for me. Yeah. Well, again, it comes back to what what excites you and what yeah. drives you, right? Because yeah. that's because it, it's not as rewarding to do the video, right, as it is to do the photo editing. True. So, as far as I know, yeah. <laughs> right for now, <laughs> as of right now, <laughs> I'll never say never, but I, I don't. So have I have an been, inclination for it. One of the things I I, I I was excited about having Dave on for was I have had this rant, oh boy, just building up in my head, and I've had this rant for a while. And it just makes me just want to, I just want to grab people by the neck and just choke them out. And I'm scared, I, man. I, I, I know, I'm pretty sure when I say what I'm talking about, Dave is going to relate very quickly. I'm not sure if Ethan's going to relate as much. So I was in, I was in, I'm not going to say where I was. I'm going to, I was in a group on Facebook for a certain piece of hardware that I own. And I'll let people figure out what group, what hardware. And we were they were showing off a um a display that somebody had done of some stuff. And they're like, I can't believe someone stole my thing and started making it and selling it. And I'm like, Oh, so he must have posted this publicly somewhere where people could find it. No. He didn't post it publicly where anyone could find it. In fact, he just posted a picture of it and somebody mimicked the picture and yeah, they started selling it. And he's like, I think it's unethical. I can't believe that people do this. And I wrote, because this is the first thing that popped into my mind. I'm like, if your business can't survive someone seeing your item, copying it and selling it, then your business model sucks. And this is something that makers get really, really defensive about, like someone stealing their, not their work. I'm not talking about someone like, <clears throat> someone like taking your copyrighted photo and calling it their own. I'm talking about, I see something, it inspires me to make the same thing, and I make the same thing, and then the person who made the first one goes, you stole my idea. Look, I talked about it last week. I have been learning how to make beaded bracelets. I've been I've actually gotten pretty good at it now. Um and I don't understand I just this isn't a thing that people get so worked up about and it's just like what are you angry about exactly? You you're you're arguing about your work being stolen but nothing's actually being stolen from you. You're not competing. Unless it's a guy living next door to you who's working the same craft fair you're in, no one is stealing from you. 
People are learning from you. And yeah, they're, sometimes people take ideas. That's the way it works. That's what, what are you sharing the stuff you make for just so people can praise you for making it? Well, you know what? There's a lot of people who have taken pictures of, well, over the years, people have taken pictures of various parts of the New York City skyline. Does that mean that everyone that goes, I like that shot, I'm going to try to imitate that shot? Does that mean they're stealing your idea? Like this idea of stealing someone's work to me, just, just shut up. Just stop. It's, no one is stealing your work. And it, it rubs me the wrong way because if you're going to share this stuff, you have to expect that you're going to inspire somebody to imitate it. You have to expect that you're going to inspire people to steal it, erase your watermark, and, you know, I get it. But, wow, why, why is this a thing for makers? It's just it's this ongoing thing that you hear over and over again, like, oh, they stole my design. They stole my design. No one stole anything. All right. Yeah, all right. So, I, I mean, I, I am in the same I, – I, I definitely – I'm in the same mindset. I think for me personally, right? So let me talk about me for a second. First of all, if someone copies what I do, I am like, that's the highest honor I could, anyone could ever give me, right? So, mm-hmm. so I'll say that first. And I, so I'm a hundred percent more than excited when someone wants to copy or, or do anything that I do. And I've, and I always say it too. I'm like, if you do it, tag me in it or, Send me a picture. I want to. I want to shout you out because I'm honored and excited that some someone would do it, and I know they're going to put their own little twist on it, which I'd love to see as well. Mm-hmm. So, that being said, let me take the other side. Is I am not doing anything like nothing that I do makes is hugely profitable. Like I'm not m- making my living at the at what I'm making at this moment, right? So I, the. So and then this has been a big thing, and I don't want to get into it because I think, I think everyone had some fault in it. But there's a huge blow up on uh, with Mike on Modern Builds and uh, Jay Bates, and there's a huge thing lately. I don't even know if you're aware of this, but it was. I have a, no idea. Oh this yeah, I mean it was it, it blew up, and people were taking sides, and nasty things were said, and and again, I don't think anyone had the had ill intentions in it i really don't i think i think everyone i think it was um you know it it could have been handled better on everybody's part and um but the the gist of it so the gist of why why it upset people was not that someone did copied someone else but they made plans that um free plans right free plans for for this thing that someone else uh a couple places removed kind of came up with the design and and had plans for sales and so the argument was you're you're giving away free sale uh free plans for something that someone else is who is smaller than you whatever is making is trying to make money off of right and mm-hmm. so i get that argument okay and the second and so this is where the the debate happens is that the second that they found out that someone else had plans that um plans that they were selling they changed the link and and redirected everyone to that person. Okay, so intentions aside or everything like that, there is a financial impact at that point, right? There is someone who is trying to make money who's not making money now because someone with a bigger audience is giving away plans for free. But at the same time, you can't know everything, and if you do the right thing once you find out, 
in my opinion. Okay, let's move on and and so on. So I, I get both sides of it, but at the same time, to your point, no one idea, you're never going to be able to capitalize and hone in on one idea and that's going to make make you who you are. In my opinion, it's... It's an honor for and inspiring for people to to copy your work. Um, I think it is appropriate to give credit where credit's due if you know that you're copying someone's work, right? If if you're if this is inspired, give credit. And if if you give credit, in my book, that's all your obligation. That's the only obligation you have. I I think that's exactly it. <laughs> you know, if you if you get an idea, give credit. Right. <laughs> that's and, that's and, it. And and. and, and Ben, uh, ben Ueda talks about it all the time. He's he you know he he's famous for the concrete uh, bucket uh, bucket stool, mm-hmm. and that's what he's and that was kind of his claim to fame early out. And he's like, I I know I'm not the first person in the world to do this. I I I did come up with the idea on my own, but I'm not I'm not you know arrogant enough to think that I'm the only person that ever thought of this idea, right? Mm-hmm. And again, he's not in the place where he's trying to sell those th- that as a product to make a living. So it is different, right? If you're just doing it, it's e- it's easier to have this mindset if if that's the case. But yeah, I get that. But even that, it's like okay, if you're selling it to make a living, unless the person that's stealing it from you is directly competing with you, right? Yeah, it yeah. doesn't re- it doesn't really matter. Right, and, and you, that's that's the part that irks me about mm-hmm. when I hear it because it's almost always in the concept in the, it's almost always in the context of people, you know, um, oh, where it's like people talking about this guy who's like I live in California. There's this guy in Maine who's making the right. same thing I'm making, who's sold yeah. literally one, right? And it's like, dude, they're they're not they're not stealing from you, right? Like, yep. There's well, just no, not. I mean, because what it really comes down to, and I think at the root of all of it, it's a pride and uh, com- uh, pride thing. Mm-hmm. And and again, I think that's part of the reason why I try to have the mindset of being honored and you know whatever that someone would be doing it versus being like, that's my idea. I own that idea because it's a pride thing. I don't own anything, right? Le- especially it. legally, I don't, and you know intellectually, I don't think I own any idea because. One, I'm definitely not the first person that has come up with it, probably. And even if I was, it's not mine, and someone's going to do a vi- small variation, and then that's their idea. So, and the, but then find your pride in the fact that someone took that's someone exactly right. thought your idea was good enough to to mimic it. Dave, you've been awfully quiet, man. Yeah, <laughs> say I'm, something. I, I'm just listening. I didn't want to interrupt because I guess here here's the thing. Mm-hmm. When it comes to a situation like in the maker world where you're talking about someone created plans for something that they're selling and then someone else, if they take those exact plans and just start giving it away, that to me is very, very similar to me posting a photo, someone flat out taking my exact photo and then selling it as their own. That's mm-hmm. that to me, I have a problem with because that's, right, that, that's I, I, that. and, and, and I would agree. And, and let me just clarify because I. This was not that case. This this right. was, this was a th- like a you know, four iterations. They saw it from someone else. Right. They made something, made their own plans. Right. But yes, it was very, it was absolutely derived from the first one. But it wasn't right. like they literally took it because I I yeah, 
to me, that is 100% stealing. Right. right. Yep. And, and so that I just wanted to clarify because, like, for me, if someone takes my exact photo and then starts, they, they take it and they use it in their project and, you know, just steal it, I have a problem with that. But if they see a photo of mine or they see, you know, something I wrote and they get an idea and then they put their spin on it, this is something I am very, very passionate about. And it's the idea that as as makers, as creators, there is one thing that we all have that no one else has, and that's our own voice, our own unique vision, our life experience, everything we bring into whatever it is we make, right? Mm-hmm. And so if you're creating something and they see something you made, and then they go turn around, and like you said, they insert some of themselves, they put their own creative twist on it, they do something, even if it's a very minuscule change, they're still injecting their own flavor, their own unique personality into that. That is grounds to be nothing but flattered, like you said. Because mm-hmm. that I- is, you inspired someone to do something and to think of it in a jogged and idea-free in their mind. That's amazing. In my experience, most of the time when you see these people complaining about something like that, someone stole my idea, it is just someone, mm, I got to watch my language, um, being upset that they're, they're, they're just jealous, you know, because yeah. they don't want to put in the time and effort to realize like, okay, cool, I inspired someone else, but I need to keep moving and growing myself. They're, they'd rather spend all their time looking for everyone out there that they feel is doing them wrong. It's, it goes back to the larger problem of if you're a negative person, you're going to seek negativity and you're going to find negativity. If you're a positive person, you're going to look for ways to lift everyone else up and celebrate those wins. And if someone makes something, like you said, tag you in it, that's awesome because it just drives me to want to create the next thing. I'm with you I guys. Just want, I, I, I think it's ludicrous. I, I, I My argument for people that want to talk about making and as a business is that your value proposition as a as a maker, if you're doing a business, isn't as much the thing. It's what you deliver the thing with. It's you. It's you as a person. Right it's there. not the it's, design yep. itself. It's the it's craftsmanship. You. It's all you. It's yep. your product is yeah. you. Your brand is what makes something valuable, not the thing. Yep. The thing is well, ancillary it, to everything else. And, and and I think the, the thing too is there's been times when uh, – so one of the things that frustrates me is when – I have an idea and someone does it before, like before I can get to it. Right. And again, that's nothing. That's, that's my own insecurity or my own frustration. But the times that I've been happy, happiest, and I've like changed my mindset is when that happens, I go, all right, well, they did that. How can I do it better? Right. Mm -hmm. And again, it's not a competition thing, but it's, it's more of how do I put my personality or my take on that? Yep. And it's actually inspired me to make something better than I would have originally. And exactly. if you can do that, it, it, and that's, it's not, it's not always easy. Trust me, I'm, I'm preaching right now, but, but I've been, <laughs> I've been there where I've been frustrated or I feel like someone, yeah. you know, it's, it's, it's hard to have that positive uh, attitude, but if you can, Generally, you're going to get something better than you would have originally, too. I follow both Bob from I Like to Make Stuff. Clearly, I follow Bob. (laughs) Um, And I follow Odin from Odin Makes. Mm -hmm. And Bob talked about on Making It last week that he and Odin both had the idea to make the rifle from The Mandalorian. 
And it's like, well, there's some parallel thinking, right? Did, did, did one of them steal it from the other? No, they didn't even approach it the same way. <laughs> right. They, they both like, stole it from Lucasfilm. Or, you know, yeah, basically, right? <laughs> like, so, and, and Bob said he was a little bit scared when he saw, because yeah. his video was already in the can, and he saw Odin's pop up. He's like, great, I'm going to upload mine. Everyone's going to think I stole the idea. And it's like, yeah, imagine that you have to, now the, things are so toxic that you can't even have parallel thinking anymore. Like, right. it just, it can't exist. Because as well, soon as you have parallel thinking, people accuse you of he, theft. Here, here's, here's the issue, though, I also think, is that, the again, people with big audiences and big things like that, and podcasts, as I've learned, <laughs> um, is, you know, <laughs> you say things, and then they're, they're there forever, right? Mm -hmm. So we all get heated. We all get really emotional. We all you know go into you know fight or fight or flight right so if you're being attacked you go into you know fight mode a lot of times right mm -hmm. and and that's clearly i mean i'm stating the obvious that's not when you're doing your most rational or wording things the best and stuff like that and i think that in the situation i was talking about i think that added contributed more to more to it than anything else because i think everyone involved were good people i don't think anyone had bad intentions but Things were said that then sparked other things, and it kind of snowballed, and that's what really made it into a big issue. If if it had been a minor issue, and you know the person had said sorry and had done the right thing, and they'd moved on, we probably wouldn't be talking about it tonight. So probably not. And that, and that, but that's part of part of this world that we live in now with social media and podcasts and all those things. Is you say something, it's out there, and we can't always, you know, we're not always as polished as we would hope we would be right? well and there's yeah, definitely there's not two parts to that really too because on the one side like you said the the whole idea of um parallel thinking parallel thoughts that guy in california versus the guy in maine they may have never even seen each other's work right it, you know people at mm -hmm. this stage of Absolutely. the game there are people that will argue there are no such thing as original as ideas original anymore. ideas Yep. I don't believe in that, but I think it's the case that, you know, everything, like when I look at photography, it's pretty hard to find a subject that hasn't been photographed. So what's unique about it? It's what you bring to it. So that's right. the first part. Now, your second part, when you talk about, you know, we, we've all been there. You're frustrated. Oh, man, someone just beat me to the punch. And why bother? You know, it's a choice to stay positive, and it's hard. And right. That jealousy, that's, I mean... Not to get too like guru-ish or whatever, but uh, I'm a big fan of of what Chase Jarvis does does over with um, you know Creative Live and, and his podcast and stuff like that. He's talked to a number of guests, and I can't remember which one it is. If it's like Brene Brown or Seth Godin, one of those kind of guys, and they talk about that fight or flight response because as human beings today, we don't have to live in that survival mode anymore. But our brains are still wired that way. So our brains, right. will they go into like a lizard brain mentality where it's like we have to survive. And since we're not having to survive <laughs> for food or shelter or anything else, our brain kicks in in instances like that. And you have to learn to be aware of that so you can then consciously choose to say, okay, and do exactly what you said. How can I take this and improve upon it or learn from it and and stay positive it's a choice it's a hard choice and no one's perfect we've all been there where we get frustrated but it's going to happen you know imagine being so privileged that food and shelter are not a concern but ego is your primary concern yeah, like, someone stole a, my idea yeah what a great time to be alive right <laughs> there's no tea so we're gonna, to eat you 
<laughs> we, we, we're going to take a little bit of a break. We're going to hit the sponsor, and then we're going to come back, and we're going to do some... We got a question from one of our listeners. We got some feedback. Then we got a new review, and then we're going to do Thing of the Week, and we're going to get ourselves out of here for uh, Thanksgiving. So we'll be back. Welcome to Because We Make, and I'm doing this intro just in case it uploaded wrong on Anchor again. <laughs> you'll hear the second half. Be- this is the second half of the episode. You're going to hear a break, and then you'll hear the first half of the episode, because that's how we roll now. Um, yeah, I should explain what's going on. It's apparently a glitch with Anchor. It's not me screwing up, because I was super careful last week, and it did it again. So something is going on with Anchor. I made them aware of the issue. I've not heard back from them, but I'm assuming that they fixed it. So I'm just going to have to be super, super careful with the upload this week. Okay. Well, now that we got that out of the way, I'm going to do my favorite activity, Vinny. What's that? I'm going to seg block you. Oh, no. I've been seg blocked. You have. And this is something we I, I like to do on Digital Soup all the time, Ethan, is just, <laughs> you know, stomp all over the segue. I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm excited. I don't know. Yeah, uh, all it. it is, I just wanted to say... Your whole rant. I noticed when you put this up on Twitter, the one, the topic we just got done talking about, mm-hmm. myself, I was like, oh, God, what did I do? Is he going <laughs> to rant about Am I doing something? Oh, man. Aunt Pruitt, same thing. Had the Homer Simpson gif or gif where he's fading <laughs> into the back. You had all of us terrified that <laughs> who is he calling out? Yeah, Did I mean? swear again on the podcast? No, no, I, I, I was <laughs> exactly. I was terrified. Like, oh man, what, but I, what I, am I going to get called out on here? I won't name names. I did mention that it was a group that I'm in, but I will say this much: it's not the first time I've seen it. It won't be the last time I've seen it, and it won't be the last time that it really pisses me off. <laughs> I'm, well, it's I'm funny just that glad. it's funny that it came up because it was. It's been a huge issue on the. Uh, I I didn't even know, and that's the crazy part. Like, this thing hit me in that group, and now you're telling me about this other story that I'm immediately going to dive into the second we get out of this (laughs) because I'm going to get there. No, I have to. Positivity, Vinny. Leave it be. Let those people cry in their their spilled milk or whatever you want to say. You just keep killing it. I'm a maker industry expert now. I have to be aware of what's going on in my industry. (laughs) Okay, here's the trend. I'll break it down for you. Some people are whiny little babies, <laughs> got to cry about stuff, and then other people are going to get upset about it and say mean things. And in the meantime, you could just be making some more cool stuff. More coffee tables. More coffee, coffee tables, tables, not tables, please. <laughs> more Johnny so, Builds coffee tables. Yes. <laughs> um, okay, so since tomorrow, as we drop this, is Thanksgiving... Why don't we um, Why don't we talk about real briefly what we're thankful for? And I think just to keep things sane, we should probably contain it to our our um, relative spaces. Because if I had to give a give a speech about what I was thankful for, particularly this year, it would have you all crying, and you would all shut up instantly. And I know this, so I'm going to be fair, and I'm going to confine it to this podcast and making and creativity. So, um, And I'm sorry I'm putting that restriction on, but I think if we didn't do that, this would be a tearjerker episode, and we'd be talking for another hour and a half. So, yeah. (laughs) All right. So why don't we let – Dave, why don't you go first since you're our esteemed guest? What are you thankful for? I – you know, and it's going to sound – I'm going to steal Ethan's line. It's going to sound a little cheesy. Um, hey, I like it. Nice. <laughs> it, uh, it it definitely is, you know, you guys. It is being able to, all the friends that I've been able to make 
and get to know over the last X amount of years. I mean, I've been doing Adventures in Creativity just a little over a year. Got to meet and get to know some amazing creatives and amazing people. Um, and also getting to hear feedback from people like yourself, Vinny, who say, you know, you've inspired me to do this. And man, I'm so thankful for that because I mm -hmm. just do this because I've got some thoughts and I want to put them somewhere, you know, so maybe someday mm -hmm. my kids will hear them. Who knows? But I'm just thankful for all the people, not just my listeners, but your listeners, everyone who is just willing to take a chance and just make something, put themselves out there and just do it. It's, it's amazing. It's uplifting. And everyone who's part, like Ant also, just part of this this community trying to build and spread positivity, that's it for me, man. It's, it's, I love uh, it. That's good. I love it. Wow. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to have to think about mine while Ethan goes. Ethan, you're next. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, again, keeping it to this this space and stuff like that, it's it's not that different than, than you, Dave. I mean, it's I'm very thankful that and it's it's crazy to think that a little over yeah you know, less actually less than two years ago I had no idea that this community any of this existed. I, I as I said before I used to watch YouTube and be like, who who why why are these people making videos? Like <laughs> I I totally did not understand it. But little did I know that it was exactly the type of person I I was and I and I am. So. I'm just very thankful that I found this community. I'm thankful that um, that uh, my girlfriend, you know, pushed me to to get over my you know anxiety about putting myself out there and start it, um, and has been supportive of me being in the shop so much. Um, I'm just thank I'm thankful for everyone in this community, and that's again as I sounds it's gonna sound cheesy, but that's it. It really is true. I, I genuinely mean that because. I, I feel like I, I'm connected with so many like-minded people that inspire me, that make me want to be better, um, and I learn from every day, and that is what keeps me going. That's what excites me when I wake up is is trying that new thing, knowing that I've got resources out there that I can just reach out and ask questions to, um, and they're not only willing but excited to share uh, to share their knowledge with me. Um, yeah, it's it goes back to the... The idea of I'm happy to be part of something where everyone is, you know, the tide rises. That mentality yeah, and that absolutely. that feeling is is really exciting to be part of something that that positive. So I'm thankful for that, and I'm thankful for uh, Vincent bringing me on this podcast because again, I never <laughs> thought I'd ever be part of a podcast. Um, I'm rambling on, which is the exact reason why I never thought I'd be part of a podcast. Um, but no, I'm, I'm, I'm thankful for it. And it's, it's an exciting uh, new opportunity. And yeah, so I'm just I'm really happy where with what this year has brought me. Um, and I, I really feel blessed to be part of this community. Dude, wow. Awesome. <laughs> wow. OK, so I'm going to take a crack at this and I'm, I'm going to just. I ha it's going to take me a second, but I'm just going to say these names. Dave Swiduck, Bruce Ulrich, The Everyday Dad, Bernie Solo, Kim and Garrett, Evan and Caitlin, Steve Ramsey, Steve Carmichael, Keith Decent, Bob Claggett, you, Ethan Carter, um, Sharon from Figments Made, Brandy Obey, Nick from Build Dad Build, Aunt Pruitt, Jason Stapleton, and Justin from Bear Maked. I am so beyond thankful um, particularly the first few guests that I had on, because realistically, if, if I were to get a guest on now, 
I don't think anyone could be like, oh, we don't know who you are or what you do. I There's a body of work for this podcast now. It's We're 25 episodes in as we record this episode. And if you want to know what this podcast is about, there's now a body of work mm-hmm. where you can go back and you can listen and you can catch up and you can find out what kind of show it is and whether you would want to be a guest or not. But the people that came on early on, to me, are my heroes. Because while I was trying to get my legs under me and get this podcast going, you guys, all those people I mentioned, some earlier than others, but all the people I mentioned, you believed in me enough to give me an hour and a half of your time, sometimes more, so that we can talk about something as obscure as just making stuff. And this podcast would not exist in its current form or in any form had all of those people not taken a chance on an unknown guy in an industry that he knew really well, but was doing something completely outside of what he was known for in this industry. So what I'm most thankful for, what I'm most, most thankful for, not just the people that I've learned from, but the people who you know, who I've always thought were above my pay grade, who said yes when I asked them to be on this podcast. Because frankly, I've gotten a lot of non-answers. I've never gotten a no. I've gotten a lot of non-answers. And what, what warms my heart more than anything else is that I've gotten a lot of yeses from people who, for all intents and purposes, did me a favor by being on this show. And, you know, I've had this discussion, I've had this discussion with Beth many times, and she's like, well, you're giving them publicity, too. It's not, it's not exactly a one-way street, but you know what? It kind of is, in a way, because when you're just starting out and you have no reputation and nobody knows who you are, you're building your reputation by having, you know, A-list guests on your show. And I have had the privilege of having some of the best makers ever on this show. And there are more that we have lined up. There are a few coming up soon and some coming up next year that are just gigantic names that have already told me, yes, it's just not right now, but yes. And to me, the them saying yes is what enables this podcast to happen. That's part one of what I'm thankful for. Part two. <laughs> oh, God, here it comes. <laughs> I am thankful that... Bruce introduced me to Ethan because this podcast would not be the same if it was just me. I'm going to have to mute for a second. <laughs> <laughs> but no, seriously, it, it is been. My eyes. Yeah, you know, uh, someone's making onions. <laughs> but no, seriously, I mean, when I was at my worst, I knew that I could just come back. And I had a co-host that I could lean on for a little while, and right on, man. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. It's, right back it's, at you, man. I mean, I honestly. feel like this show really found its legs when you came on as my co-host, and I fucking love you, man. Yeah. And oh, it's just been—he's got to bleep himself. <laughs> oh, I got bleep. <laughs> no, I'm not bleeping that. Screw it. <laughs> That's emotion, damn it. No, but seriously, it's it's. No. It's one of those things where I didn't expect to have a co-host. I didn't expect there to be anyone I could bounce this off of. It was just going to be me and a guest doing like a between two ferns type thing. (laughs) And 
I, I am so happy, so, so, so happy that I made an offhanded comment at the episode, at the end of episode 11, where I was like, hey, maybe you should just come on as a co-host. Because from then on, this show has taken on a momentum and a life of its own that I never could have done on my own. So, I, thank you. I, I don't even know what to say. I mean, I'm honored and, yeah, I, I, yeah I'm speechless. This thank show, you. Thank you. This show would not be where it is if I had to do it alone. It just wouldn't be. That's just a fact of life. So thank you for doing this. Thank you for introducing me to all the crazy people that I met because of you, like <laughs> Justin and Nick. And these are, and these are, and I think Brandy I met through you too. These are people yeah. I did not know before you. And I consider all of them friends now, and it's because of you. And we're going to have people on that know you apparently. And it's just it, this show... I know we, you know, you jokingly say that you didn't do it. I did it. No, I didn't do this. We did this, and thank you. I, I appreciate that so much. I, 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 I don't know what to say. I mean, it's I'm an I'm honored and and taken aback, and uh, yeah. So I appreciate <laughs> it. I I am so I was so excited. I remember the moment when you when you said that the next day, and I I texted Bettina. I think like. Uh, a second out in between probably texts actually being like uh vincent just asked if maybe i might want to be on the- <laughs> so uh, it was it was it was not lost on me um and i think it's a perfect opportunity and and it just it worked from day one it worked mm-hmm. and i think that's uh i think that's sometimes something you just, special you, so sometimes you know you know the old saying sometimes you just know you know yep sometimes you, you randomly you randomly fall in love <laughs> sometimes you sometimes you have a guest on Randomly and you're podcasts. like yeah it's like you know you never know what's going to come of it but sometimes yeah. sometimes it just works and i think that this works and I, I i dig yep. it yeah as a listener it a hundred one thousand percent works i mean i was yeah. listening to you anyways Vinny, but mm-hmm. when when you guys when you told me you were bringing a co-host in i was like heck yeah and then you told me listen do you listen to the last episode i said yeah man it was good, and, and and you said he's my new co-host. I was like, oh, you're, you're killing this. Is I think you be were probably, great. I think you were the first person I actually told because I re- <laughs> I remember I remember sitting on it that, and yeah. I I don't always listen back to every episode. Yeah, yeah. I listen to most of them, and I remember listening to that one in the car the next day, and I'm like, no, we could do this every week. Oh, like yeah. this is this is a no-brainer. We could do this every week, and I I sat on it for that day. Mm-hmm. And then the next day, I was like, hey, Ethan, um, <laughs> how would you feel about being a permanent co-host? Well, I just remember being, too, like, and, and you <laughs> said this before, but I, I, was, I was so hesitant, not because I didn't want to, but because I was like, I don't, like, this is, I didn't want to come in, you know, and uh, change things up for something that was working, you know, so. And, um, and yet, look how much it's changed, yeah, right? It's yeah. a different show. We have structured segments now. We have show <laughs> notes, and it's like, we're doing a real podcast now. <laughs> I love it. I love it. It, it. it it was definitely one of those things I did not foresee coming, and uh, it was a happy win. Happy win. I, I would agree with that. You know, um, Ant said it before when he was on, too. He's not a maker. You know, mm-hmm. and, and I, I put myself very much in the same category as Ant. I'm, I'm not a maker in the sense of what you guys the amazing stuff you do Mm -hmm. i i create but i'm not a maker so much and i listen to you guys just because 
even though I don't make things like that, I just get so inspired listening to you two feed off each other. And I'm going to break the fourth wall here for a second. And I'm going to talk to all of you because we makers that are listening. Okay. We talked last last segment there. Vinny was ranting a little bit. And he was (laughs) negative. This right here, this exercise that the two of you just had us do sharing what you are thankful for you want to find a way to stay positive listen to what these two hosts that you're listening to every week just did listen to what they say because this is the surefire way to find that positivity in your life these guys bring it every single week Thanks, man. Yeah, that's... We're, we're gonna have to get Dave to cut some um, some intros and some uh, ads for us. We'll run ads for our own right, podcast right. during the ad segment. It'll come out great. <laughs> no, it, it, but that, and that's I, I really appreciate that feedback too because again, I think that's that's what I hope would come off, and I think that's what we try to do is it's I've said it before. I said it when uh, Jason was on. Being a happy person, being positive, is a better way to live your life. It's it's a happier way and. Yep. And it just rubs off on everyone around you. So it's contagious. I, I'm I'm hoping that that's what comes off, and uh, and I'm glad to hear that it, it does with at least Absolutely, at least you did, guys. So. Cool. So we have um, we have feedback um, last week, and I'm just going to read this one, but we got it from a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Um, from Jeff, who's a weird guy on Instagram. That's his handle, a weird guy. <laughs> I love um, it. He wrote, I think one hour. One and a half hours plus or minus is fine. I'd listen to the whole thing anywhere between hours, even if every episode is B before A, LOL. Thanks, Jeff. <laughs> um, yeah, I, that was the feedback we got. So Because we were wondering if an hour 20 is too short. or I, I, I think, oh, Chris from Cowdog, Cowdog Woodworks, also messaged us and was like, no, no, you are not doing a two-hour episode. I will, I'm like, okay, got it. <laughs> Message received, buddy. Message received. So, but yeah, so, but we, one thing I did get, and I was kind of, I kind of figured this, but it was nice to hear it. A lot of people said that they do listen to every minute of every episode. They go all the way end to end. And some people, they don't finish it in one sitting necessarily, but they do finish entire episodes. And that makes me feel really good because sometimes I feel like we go an hour 20 and it's like, I hope we didn't lose everyone at, you know, 45 minutes. So, You, you know what the secret is? What's that? When it comes to podcasting, the perfect length of your episode is exactly how long your content is. Mm. If you try yeah, and stretch we... 20 minutes of content to an hour, it's going to suck. <laughs> We've you, done that. Yeah, and, if, <laughs> you try and if you try and cram two hours worth of content into an hour 10 it's gonna suck you're rushing yeah i think that's i think that's we don't really have a time we shoot for an hour 20 because i think an hour 20 is good because it puts the sponsor break at 40 minutes um just behind the uh behind the curtain here a little bit guys we we have to have that ad break in the middle or we don't get paid so we can't put it at the beginning we can't put it at the end so i have to while we're doing the show, I'm watching the clock as we're going, and I'm like, okay, we have to take a sponsor break. <laughs> in fact, there's a message in the chat today. I'm going to have to hit the sponsor break shortly. So that's why the sponsor break is in the middle. We don't get paid if I run it pre or post. Actually, I probably would get, we probably would get paid if I run it pre, but I don't want to start the show with no, an ad. Yeah. <laughs> I, that means everyone's going to skip the ad. <laughs> um, I hope nobody skips this ad. I did a pretty good job reading it for my first ever ad read. <laughs> Um, it was good. All right. So, uh, f- 
we wanted to do a Q&A. Uh, you, know, you know what? Let's do the review first. So we did get another review from Bevelish, who... Alex. Alex. That's his name. Damn it. I, I'm sorry, Alex. You're, you're new to me, so I only know you by your YouTube handle. He, he is one of my YouTube uh, gurus, so him and Bruce are my, my go-tos. So. Uh, my top five podcasts, five stars. Um, this podcast has turned into one of my favorites. Just two guys talking, really chill and fun. Keep it up. Thank you. Thank you, Alex. Thanks, that's, Alex. That's what we shoot for. Chill, Absolutely. fun, come in, talk about, talk shop for a little while, go home and leave with a smile on your face. No, As, as um, Dave said, no negativity here. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> um, we, have, we have enough time for the Q&A that I, I had actually, I put, um, I always put when we're going to record, I put a note out to say, hey, if anybody has anything they'd like to ask, now's the time. And our well, good friend first Justin. First of all, feel free to send those to either of us throughout the week too yeah don't you don't have that. to wait for me to ask exactly. for it we'll always take it because we structure the show on days where we don't have a guest we kind of just wing it right where it's like okay well we have some q a we'll talk about q a we'll do on days we have a guest sometimes we just bring them in and they do the show with us right dave absolutely <laughs> so from Justin, bear naked. Uh, do either of you have a project? I'm gonna do the three of you. Sorry, I'll be inclusive. Have a project that you've had kicking around the old noodle for a while. One you've been wanting to do but just don't have the time and/or resources to accomplish yet. What will it take for that to happen in 2020? Hard to fit the gist of this into a twit. And he cut himself off because it was a tweet, and I love that. Hilarious. By the way, I left very hard when I read that before. It's perfect, perfect Justin humor. I love it. I'll just I'll just jump right out and say I to be honest, man, I don't. Um, <laughs> as of right now, there are no projects that I want to do that I haven't done yet. But that's because we're kind of hitting the end of the year, and I'm making inventory to get me through the holidays and hopefully get a couple of sales. Because last year I didn't even I had my shop, but I had nothing in it for the holidays. Right. So this year I have some stuff, and I've been working on these beaded bracelets, which are selling like crazy. And in fact, Justin, you know, actually bought one. Oh, really? Um, yeah, I don't want to out my customers, but I thought it was kind of cool that That's Justin awesome. actually bought one. Um, in fact, Dave is also a customer of mine. Yes, I am. And thank oh, you I for saw the, that. Oh, my. I forgot. I totally was going to bring that up. I thank saw you for that. the uh, generous plug today, my friend. I really appreciate <laughs> it. That looks insane. Is that, so is that on your desk? It is right now. I'm looking at it. Oh, my gosh. That, that came out awesome. Uh, and by the way, pro- we should probably tell you, tell everyone what it is. But yeah, so I did, I did, so I did a laser engraved um, logo on an on an agate slice for Dave. <clears throat> and now, I mean, we always talk about. By the way, we talk about this a lot, right? But here, I'm just going to give you an example of the kind of stuff when we talk about what is your brand and how ahead of your customers you need to be. This is a life lesson for everybody. So after. I told Dave that his his agate had shipped. He sent me a message. He goes, so what would you recommend I use as a stand or, you know, to display this to put it on my <laughs> desk? I'm stupid. And I go, well, I would highly recommend you use the acrylic stand that it comes with. <laughs> See, this is the thing, right? So Dave was thinking ahead, like, okay, I'm going to get this thing. How do I display it? <laughs> I thought ahead of him. And when I sell an agate, I always sell it with an acrylic stand. And the acrylic stand comes in a bag. It's got a, it's got a label on it with my logo and instructions on how to put the stand together. And I do that because it creates – it's a value add. Mm-hmm. Like if he yep. bought the agate, I'm sure he would uh, – Dave, you could I – mean, I don't want to speak for you, but I'm pretty sure you would have been fine if it didn't come with the stand. Oh, yeah. You would have just figured, figured out something out, out, right? Yeah, I would have figured out a way to display it. 
But when I sell those agate slices, if I engrave something for you, you get a stand with right. it. You get a gift box with it. Yeah. You get all this stuff with it. It's an experience when you buy something exactly. from me. And we've and talked about that before. And that, those little things, I yes. think, make... It's everything. It, it, well, it's more. It, it's actually more impactful than the piece itself, and I think, subconsciously. I agree. I agree. I, I've, uh, I'm going to jump in with, with my project thing because it ties directly into this. And this is something I owe Vinny for, and <laughs> and this is to to, to kind of hold me accountable because I just it been, it's been a, a timing situation. Um, that's my biggest thing is I need to I've got some some photo projects, including some proper photos that aren't just cell phone snaps of the amazing agate Vinny did for me. There are a couple other things we can't talk about because they are gifts. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Those will come after the holidays, but he also did. These amazing, um, you may have talked about them before, but they were, they were your gummy bear earrings, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, yeah. And I, I, I bought two sets of those because they just so happened to be in the school colors of my daughter's school. And so I bought those as a surprise gift for her. Well, it took forever for me to, we actually gave them to her. And then I still need to photograph them. And so this is me to hold me accountable. That's my project. I need to get Vinny some proper photos of these awesome things, because I don't think photos will do them justice. They're beautiful. And this agate, I mean, <laughs> I'm looking at it, is stunning. I, I just keep looking it's stunning, at it, yeah. you know? And I yeah, want to give that back to you, just to give, you know, just to, to thank you. Say, hey, here's some, here's some photos. Share them out. Do what you want with them. And that level of experience, when you give it to your customers, yeah. you know, we were talking about people stealing your ideas before. <clears throat> They're not coming to you. They're not coming to you because you make a thing. They're yeah. coming to you for the experience yep. of buying the thing from you. Mm-hmm. Right. If, well, you, if you send it to them in a gift box, if you give mm-hmm. them a stand when it's something so they don't have to think about it, that the minute they get it, it's like, wow, look at all this. This is like, <laughs> this is everything in a box. I mm-hmm. felt so dumb that day. <laughs> I wrote you, I'm like, so what do you recommend? Like those little stands they put, like collector plates or little books, you know, like... <laughs> display things like that or what and, and you're like well i, I kind of recommend the the nice acrylic stand with it i'm like oh duh. stupid <laughs> so funny makes that's sense awesome. <laughs> yeah but that's that's when we talk about you know your experience your customer's experience you know that little thing of including a stand and i'm not gonna you know dave don't take offense but that stand cost me probably about 75 cents oh, yeah, to make no worries but but way more than seventy-five cents of value. Oh yeah. Yeah, when when you open up the box, like, well, how do I display this thing? Oh, look, there's the thing I need to display the thing. You thought of that before I thought of it. I didn't think to ask when I bought it. You thought when you sold it. Right. Try to think ahead of your customers. You don't have to be super clever. You just have to understand your customers' needs. And if you do, when you make something that needs to be displayed, you give them a mechanism for displaying it. That's just a piece of advice from your old friends at Because We Make. Okay. Um, I think it's time for Thing of the Week. And since it's not in my notes here, I'm going to ask Dave to go first since he's the guest. And Dave, what is or are your thing or things right. of the week? So when I when when you were talking to me about coming on the show, I, I knew we were kind of just going to roll with whatever the topics were. I had no show notes, no prep, nothing. 
there's one thing I did prepare for because I know thing of the week means things of the week to somebody mm-hmm. over here. <laughs> and I had to make sure I was prepared, so I've got like 15. I'll hit them real quick. Perfect. They're just a couple a couple channels. And <laughs> I'm just kidding. I, I do Let's actually, get cracking. I have, I have uh, three things I'm going to give you, but they're real fast. Okay. The first two are, are a couple you, uh, Instagram channels. Um, okay. They're both different forms of art. One is uh, at D-Guppy, D-E-E-G-U-P-P-I-E. Okay. This woman is doing this really cool spray paint art. Like, and it's so, she does like time-lapse videos while she's doing it. They look so simple to do, but they, when they're done, they're beautiful. They're just amazing. <laughs> So everybody thinks everything is simple until they try well, to yeah, do it. Well, yeah, I mean, the, the premise is she she makes like uh, it'll be like a moon or something oh with these God. crazy colors, and then like a just spray painting, and she uses like magazine paper crumpled up to give the textures and just sprays Whoa. stuff. It's beautiful and it it's so cool. It's like Bob Ross level looking. You know, Bob Ross wow. paintings aren't easy to do either, but you know he makes it look so easy. But they're beautiful when they're done. Wow, um, this the, stuff's amazing. Yeah. It's very cool, and I thought it's just something different. Someone I've been following on my my AIC pod account. Wait, say, so say it one more time. D Guppy. D Guppy. D E E G U P P I E. And Vincent, I'll send you. Oh, the, I've yep. got them all linked. I I got it. I got it already. Oh, I'm yeah. looking at oh, it wow. while you're talking. Okay. Wow. All right. So the next bit of art. This guy's a wildlife artist. He works in digital art, but also in traditional like charcoal and papers. The handle is at Joel Pilch. J O E L P I L C H. His name is Joel Pilcher. He also does these crazy time lapse videos. Of him drawing these amazingly oh. detailed wild. Holy, yeah! Jesus Christ! This is Are you kidding talent, me, man? I can't draw. What? But it's amazing. It's just fascinating to watch these time lapses come together. So that's wow. my two quick Instagram hits for you. Oh my God! All right, my my <laughs> third thing. It's a recommendation, and it is it is holiday time, and as a customer. I urge you, listeners, find your local makers, whether it be Vinny himself, whether it be Ethan, whether it be someone like Bear Naked, you know, Justin, whoever those local makers are, buy some amazing handmade items for your loved ones because they are not going to just be mass-produced garbage that everyone else has. Do yourself a favor and get an amazing gift that people are going to cherish because it was handmade. That's my other thing. Now, the last thing, you guys talked about hydro dipping your leather a while (laughs) back, right? So I I did a little searching for you. In the chat here, I'm going to link up um, this channel, and it is from the Drury Outdoors hunting team. It is a video about hydro dipping European mounted whitetail deer skulls. They do this. I've seen that. Yes. They do it very simply. It, with um, a tote, like a storage tote, water, mm-hmm. and just your spray paints on top and dipping it in yeah. all these designs. This is probably the best video I've found on it just because they it's short. It's like a minute and 21 seconds, step-by-step, step, super easy. Yep. And if you want to see a totally different use of hydro dipping than what you're, what you're used to, this is very cool looking. So I thought I'd, I'd give you an actual video to check out there. 
That's yeah. fantastic. Yeah, no, I, I've seen I've seen those guys, and it's unbelievable what they do. Dave sent me that video oh. after we talked about it on the show, and that a picture of it rather, mm-hmm. and I was like, "Whoa, that is awesome!" I it's need some deer skulls. <laughs> yeah. In order in order to get some deer skulls, I need to find some people that are catching some deer these days, though. <laughs> and I don't know if Dave is from listening yeah. to his latest pod- yeah. podcast. Yeah, but a rough, a rough season. Yeah. <laughs> Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. So I, I awesome. hope I I, okay. I lived up to Ethan's you know things of the things of the week. I, yeah, you definitely. I you you did me proud. <laughs> All right. Yeah, this impressive. is good stuff. <laughs> Very good stuff. <clears throat> Ethan, you wanna you wanna take you wanna step up to the plate? I can. Here? Um, I I should I steal yours or you? Want, I'm gonna leave your. I'm gonna leave it for you. But okay. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. All right. So um, all right. I, I uh, what I'm gonna do is it's a combination of a Instagram account because I think they're great, and the tip that they gave me, um, which is also my thing of the week. So the Instagram account is called Splinters and Hides. So it's Splinters underscore and I underscore Hides. I know that account. What? I know that account. Do you? Yeah, they follow me. Oh, yeah, they're awesome. They're awesome. Yeah. They do a, a lot cool. of leather work, way better than I do. Um, and, I mean, they a bunch of different things, but one of my favorite things that they make are these... Um, uh, leather uh, fly swatters, mm-hmm. and they're just—it's just cool. It's again—it's like uh, my whole thing of uh, unnecessary leather. It's—it's it's completely unnecessary, <laughs> but I love it. It's—it's it's got such a cool look. It's very unique, um, but great account. Uh, but so I was—I looked at a post of theirs, and they had in the background these little scissors, these little crafting scissors, um, and I—I've been. I've, so frustrated with my with I basically what I'm using right now are these little tiny scissors that I think I got from my grandmother's sewing kit from like 19 you know 50 and um and I've been looking for scissors but they're really really expensive a lot of them and you know that's fine I'll I'll invest in the money but I, I just I hadn't found anything and I hadn't found any recommendations so in one of their posts I saw these little craft scissors and so I I asked them i shot them a dm and i asked them what uh what they you know what they were called or if they would recommend them or whatever and they shot it back to me and it was five dollars actually here it's five dollars and 29 cents for a five pack of craft of, of craft sewing scissors and there's these little tiny things i mean they're like probably three inches long three inches long and they and basically made to cut little things but uh, like cutting like thread and so I got them tonight so I ordered them as soon as as soon as they gave me the recommendation I ordered them and I tried them out tonight for the first time and it's like butter I mean it's it, there's no tear there's no like anything they just cut and it's perfect so for five five dollars and 29 cents you get five pairs so even if they don't last which I don't know if they'll last but if even if they don't Five pairs will last a while, right? So, well, the ones I'm in, super stoked about them. The ones in their photo look like they've been well used. If I'm looking yeah, at oh, the yeah, right absolutely. ones with like the thread zap in the background and stuff. Yeah, yeah, like no, they they yeah. said they they. I thought they were going to be like a hundred dollars right. from from what I saw and what they said about them, and it's it's remarkable. Now they're tiny. They're not they're not made to cut fabric or anything. Well, maybe they are, but. They're perfect too, and the other nice thing too is I have multiple places where I do my work, so I can keep the pair wherever I am. So, so huge shout out to them and to their recommendation. That's going to be a huge thing. Uh, I don't, 
know exactly what the brand is called, but we'll have it in the show, show notes. So. Yep, it's Uton, Y-U-E-T-O-N, pack of five, crafting sewing scissors, U-shaped scissor, beading, thread cutter, clothes, thread, embroidery, cross-stitch, craft scissors, fishing line scissors. So, so yeah, trying guys, to hit all of those uh, key search. Terms. Yeah, exactly. This is the most <laughs> one of the most SEO-optimized titles I've exactly. ever seen. But we'll have the link in the show notes, and it'll be an affiliate link, so we may make a dime or two. Oh, yeah, we should do that, yeah. Nice. Yeah, that's what I've been doing, and we've made no dimes. None <laughs> of you bastards are clicking the link. Um, okay, so I'm going to give the first one, because this the second... I have two. The first one is... so. Th- I learned Fusion 360 basically last year, and I learned it from a guy named Vladimir Mariano. And Vladimir Mariano teaches people how to use Fusion 360, and he taught a class on Skillshare, which is Fusion 360 for 3D printing, which, holy crap, y'all, if you need to learn Fusion 360, that's the class to take, because I came out of that class, and it was like somebody pulled the cork out of my head, and the ideas just started hitting, and... It just made sense. Fusion 360 went from being confusing and didn't make any sense to me to being something that I use just, I just use it. It's just a tool now. I don't even think about it. So he did a video. He said when he saw Elon Musk unveil the Cybertruck, he was like, (laughs) this would be the easiest thing in the world to model a real world object from a photo with. So that's what he did. And he did a 14 minute tutorial on how to model the Cybertruck in Fusion 360. And what's amazing about it is, as much as I know about Fusion 360, watching the technique for how he does it, it was just, I was like, wow, I never would have thought to use that tool that way. And he shows some little tips in there that if you're a Fusion 360 user, I promise you, you're gonna get at least one useful thing out of this video, possibly more. It's an amazing video. Um, and I'll have the link in the show notes. It's it's just, it's killer. It's absolutely killer. And it's funny how much the final product looks like the actual Cybertruck. It's just awesome. Does it does it teach you how to model it with or without those uh, shattered bulletproof windows? <laughs> you know what's funny? I, I always thought, and I could be wrong, and I'm sure some of you will correct me on this if I am wrong, but I always thought bulletproof glass was illegal. Well, so I don't know. Yeah. I don't know that you can have bulletproof glass, period, like without a special permit of some kind. I I don't don't think... I know you can't have a bulletproof vest. Like, that is 100% illegal, and they're actually moving to make Kevlar-lined clothing illegal now. Mm, Really? Um, So, yeah, because it's you can't get shot by the police anymore, so... And they don't want that. You wouldn't want want the police to not be able to stop somebody. (laughs) Um, I'm not going to make any political commentary on that, but that's the reason, so... We're going to let it sit there, and that's the reason, okay? Stop looking at me and don't at me. Okay, next <laughs> next thing, and this is something that Ethan and I both picked, and I will give Ethan credit um, because the comment under my pick says, damn it, this was going to be mine. Well, <laughs> sorry, buddy, I put it in the list first. You did. Okay. I'm so pissed. But yes, it's a, it's a very good one. Very good one. Very good. Early guest of the show, um, I believe episode three? I think it was episode three or four. Episode the, four. Is it one of the longest ones too? Yeah, it, it definitely was one of the longest ones because when you put two talkers together in the same room, <laughs> a lot of talking happens. It was episode four. I just looked. Okay. Um, our good friend and friend of the show, Bernie Solo, did a video that if you make content, mm-hmm. and by content, I mean videos of you making stuff, uh, this is going to be something you're going to want to make. 
Um, I think he maybe used twenty dollars worth of parts for yep. the whole thing, and ten of it was the arm. Yep. Um, he did a a weighted base um, phone mount and phone stand, and this thing is just absolute genius. It is. I first of all, he did things in this video I didn't know you could do. He right. he drilled and tapped up a, a plate weight, which I didn't know you could do. He then he I, he just you know what? Just watch, watch the video. The video. It's 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 a short works video, which means it's a shorter video than he normally puts out. But I honestly think, and it's by the way, it's funny. I have a message from Bernie. Hold on, I'm gonna find the message. Um, where's the message? And he's not gonna mind me reading this because this is actually really funny. Right before he released it, uh, here it is. Uh, coincidentally, my current project and video is a DIY hands-free phone camera stand. You're gonna want one for shooting your jewelry. <laughs> You were right, Bertie. <laughs> you were absolutely right. I want. Not only do I want one, I except for oddly. Okay, Ethan, you're gonna love this. Yeah, I'm ready to make this thing. I have everything I need. You know what? I don't have the only thing I don't have. What? I don't have a tap and die set. Yeah, no, neither do I. I know. And I'm like, well, in that holy video, crap. I've seen people use them all the time, and this is the first video that I was like. Now I gotta get one. I gotta get one. Like, yeah, I got. I gotta. I gotta buy a hundred dollar tap and die set to make it. It stresses me out for some reason. I don't know why. It feels like one of those things that's hard the, to get right. But yeah, it, well, I I know my dad. My dad was a carpenter. I've told that story, and he used to have a tap and die set. And I just remember him always breaking taps, just breaking yeah, them over like, and over uh, and over yeah. again. So. I'm sure if I ask the master, Mr. Bernie Solo, what to do, and I'm sure he's just going to say, just put some oil on it, dummy. And, and, yeah, right, and I'll put some and, oil and on I'm it. I'm sure he's like rolling his eyes, being like, uh, it's actually not that hard. He's but. listening. I know Bernie. I know how Bernie is. He's listening to this. <laughs> he's listening to this right now. And rolling laughing. his eyes. And, yeah. yeah. He's laughing that we're mentioning him, and he's going to message me on Twitter probably as he hears this and goes, yeah, oil dummy yeah right <laughs> in fact Bertie, if you're going to do that tweet it so everyone can see that i was 100 percent right okay so yeah that's it so i'll have that link in the show notes too that's bernie's diy phone mount which is just freaking but fantastic what, what i love about it so it, it, i mean so I, I i mean i use my dslr to film a lot of uh, stuff for youtube and stuff like that but for instagram and stuff like that i still love using my phone because it's just so easy mm-hmm. but i have a one of those stupid little like cheap uh, tripods that you get on Amazon that are the little spider, you know, tri- spider legs kind of things. Mm-hmm. And it, it's okay, right? But really, it's really hard to get different angles, right? Uh-huh. So I'm always putting it on something or trying to get whatever or bending the legs in a different way. Though the, the, what is it, magic arm that he uses? Uh-huh. I can see that being like unbelievable. The, the amount of angles that you can get so easily with that magic arm and the fact that it's on such a heavy base because that's the other thing is I'm always knocking the thing over my Mm -hmm. camera over and I can't believe I haven't broken my camera yet and my phone yet (laughs) I probably will tomorrow but um, (laughs) but I couldn't so it's so cool I I don't know if I'll make it the exact same thing but I'm definitely going to make something like that at some point because it's such a cool project ironically I actually have the magic arm attached to a thing that looks like a roller skate that you can use as a dolly for doing like pivot shots around a stationary item that's cool and so now it's like and I don't use it because it just doesn't work that well right but now I can take the arm off it perfect this is great yeah. I can take the arm off and use the arm for this it'll be much more useful the only thing that makes me sad the only thing that makes me sad is it's going to replace and Dave will know this this tripod when I mention it my man Frodo Pixie mm. oh yeah I used. I've had this thing. I'm not. I'm holding it in my hand because it's always on my desk. Um, the Pixie's I have, the small one, right? 
Yeah, yeah. I've had this, no joke, I've had this thing probably for about six years. I mean, it's filthy Sentimental. right now. But it just works so damn well. And when you pair it up with the Glyph, um, particularly the Glyph 2, it makes an awesome phone camera stand. But <laughs> yeah, Bernie's design is going to be implemented very soon in the, uh, in the Ferrari estate. See, I, I, like, I love his edit, too. I thought it was so great the way he started the video out with him doing an Instagram story and, it, mm-hmm. and messing up. I, again, Bernie, hats off, man. Yep. Good stuff. I, I have That's because Bernie likes Bernie likes to do Instagram stories, but doesn't like to do YouTube as much these days. Yeah, I, I have and to check yeah. this video out because when I go to shoot this stuff, I'm still busting out my overkill, and it's my Vanguard Ultra Pro. It's got the the detachable column, center column. It's a full size tripod, but the yeah. center ah, okay. column yep. pops out, and then I can angle it anywhere I want, including straight upside down. And, oh, that's oh wow. I mean it's it's overkill. <laughs> if you're going to stick I'm a pretty phone sure on that's it, the but... one. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's the one. I saw okay, could you send me I need you to send me that link and there's a reason. I was in the market for one and I know um Matthew Vandeputa um yeah. actually used one similar in his studio. <laughs> But I remember looking at the price and it was like fifteen hundred dollars. Oh or no, no, crazy... no! The, the Vanguard, even there, I've got. I'm using an, their original model, the Ulta Pro. Uh-huh. They've got the Ulta Pro Two, and you're probably going to pay like hundred and fifty bucks. Oh, I wow. can live with that. Yeah. My current, my current go-to tripod is uh, was a hundred and sixty dollars, and I'm okay with that. I don't mind because yeah, one thing you definitely want to spend money on is oh, yeah. a tripod. That's you don't want I'm, a cheap I'm tripod. I'm looking at the Ulta Pro. This is the same one I have, the original one, 160 bucks. Perfect. And you can pull, you pull the center out, and it becomes an overhead? Yep, straight out to yep, the side, that's anything you want. Brilliant. Super cool. That's what I need. Cool. We'll put that link in the show notes, too, because I know y'all are trying to figure out what the hell we're talking about. <laughs> <but>. <laughs> All and right, Vinny, cool. They are selling, I believe Vanguard sells those on Amazon. I sent you the link to the Vanguard site. Genius. Affiliate link that up on Amazon. Affiliate. I believe you Absolutely. Yes. Let's get our nickels. Come on. <laughs> what good is every what nickel good counts? Is every nickel, every nickel, every dime. Every <laughs> nickel, every dime. Oh yeah, look at that. The Alta Pro Two Plus yep. is a hundred and seventy three dollars. Yeah, see that's reasonable. I can uh, that's an expense I can justify. And I can't I can't justify five hundred or fifteen hundred. Right. You know, and you're gonna when see the tripod some... costs more than the camera. It's right. yeah, exactly. Well, and you're gonna see some fluctuation in price on those tripods depending on the style of head you want. Mm-hmm. But you can. I just need can... a ball head with an Arca Swiss it, plate exactly. on it, and I'm good. And you can find that, and they have them right on Amazon. I mean, it's they're super solid. Like I said, the one I'm using, I literally bought like 10, 12 years ago and have wow. pounded it out in the woods and all over the place, and I it's still it. working great. I don't. I wouldn't probably use it as my travel tripod. No. I'd still keep my Mi Photo yep. with the one that I really, really like. Mm-hmm. This is. I got a deal on this at Adorama. It was... I was actually I got it cheaper than list price. It was 160. I think I paid 80 something for mm-hmm. it because it was the espresso brown one, and apparently that one didn't sell very well. So they had it marked down like 70 percent off for like one hour. Yeah. And I was like, this if this is real, I just got this really cheap, and I ordered it, and it came two days later. I'm like, I don't believe that actually worked. I yep. never get those deals. So. Yeah, there you go. That's the extent of photo talk that you're going to get from me. I'm not the <laughs> pro- professional photographer that Mr. Swidot is. No. <laughs> so I should have introduced you, by the way, I should have introduced you as usually Dave, because yeah. there's no way in hell anyone's going to find your name trying to spell no, it. that's all right. <laughs> yeah, that's um, what I go by, though. Yeah, usually Dave. 
Um, I'm going to link. I know all your stuff yeah. pretty well. If you want to give people a quick um, outline of where to find you, but I'll I'll just link your stuff. If you want to plug anything yeah. else, I'll link your stuff. Yeah, if in you want to link it, so um, the podcast you. and everything to do with the podcast, you can find that at aicpod.com, short for Adventures in Creativity Podcast. Uh, photo work is at usuallydave.com. Easy enough. And then, of course, the other show is at digitalsouppodcast.com if you want to hear some uh, geeky conversations where three <laughs> friends just kind of geek out over whatever and bust each other's chops each week. So, <laughs> Yep. Love it. All right. Um, that's going to do it for this week. Happy Thanksgiving, everybody. Um, tomorrow, as like I said, as we drop this, tomorrow is Thanksgiving. So I hope you guys are enjoying it. I hope you spend some time with family, friends, and even if you're spending it with people you don't like, just remember it's only one day. You can live with it. And just on Friday, I hope you catch some of those crazy deals. I, By the way, I, I completely forgot to mention this. It's not relevant to the podcast. But did you see, I think it was Best Buy has a 50-inch TV or was it Walmart? Well, I think it was Walmart. They have a 50-inch 4K TV with a 120 hertz refresh for like $200 wow. on Friday. And I'm like... Jesus H. Christ, I am just like, I think I just might have to finally bite on a Black Friday TV. Just think of the entertainment uh, you can build. Yeah, for all the entertainment that I partake in. (laughs) (laughs) My my, uh, BB gun, quote BB gun uh, present growing up was a 13-inch color TV. And I asked my parents for that for like two years for my bedroom. And that that probably cost the same amount. And it probably did the same amount of damage to your eye that a BB gun would have done. (laughs) Exactly, exactly. That's going to do it, everybody. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for your support over the first 25 episodes of this podcast. We will be back again next week. We We definitely have a guest for next week. Um, and we may have a guest for the following week too. So things are happening. Things are happening. We're going to have a couple of people to chat with, and then it's going to be Ethan and I. We're going to pre-record some stuff for uh, Christmas, and then I'm going to have a big surprise for everyone. I can't talk about it, mm. but something tremendous is about to happen, and I can't wait to tell you guys. But I can't tell you yet until the person who's in- if the person I'm involved in this surprise with leaks it. Then I'll tell everybody. (laughs) But until then, I have to keep my mouth shut, but I promise you it's going to be very, very cool. I know, guys. I know. (laughs) Yeah, Ethan does know, and I think I I actually told Dave, too. I say I think I Uh, know, too. (laughs) All right. Uh, Thanks, everybody. Have a great week, and we'll be back again next week. Thank you, Ethan and Vincent, for having me on once again. This was a blast. Uh, Ethan, great to get to talk to you finally. Absolutely, man. Woo-hoo. Happy Thanksgiving, you guys. Happy Thanksgiving, guys. Bye, everybody. (laughs) 